We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and in addition to covering our main topic today, which is going to be, you know, five wide receivers that I, that basically you shouldn't draft because they're falling down. I mean, you're doing a best ball every week on your show, Car- uh, Cody Carpentier. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to get to that because I'm in the middle of a dynasty startup. I'm in the middle of a million best ball drafts, but I want to just go over a couple other things. Well, first of all, I like this this new lighting setup of yours, man. I, I like the blue. You have it perfect right now. It's a good hue going on, a good hue. You saw me play with the colors a little bit, <laughs> and I got to thank you because I think it might have been a year ago right now. I yep. said, hey, man, where are your lights coming from? And you sent me a thing on Amazon. I went out. I grabbed it, and I got them back here on both sides. We, different colors. I play. Every show is a different color, so you never know what you're going to get. The last uh, the last video that I did, which is uh, linked, I was just telling you about it. I What I did was I put it on multicolor, so it keeps changing while the video is going on. Yeah, that one. that one's a little bit, uh, <laughs> little bit on the eyes, but I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's just, it's also because it's not a live video. I'm doing a lot of quick cuts on that video. And then, you know, so it, it's it, it kind of works with the video. But but anyway, man, uh, you know, you're always my first guest on the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast when rookie season starts. I went back and looked at that video, man. You had some takes that were now they're considered chalk mainstream. You know, the Kenny Pickett is QB1. So I went back and looked at that video and. It's amazing how you have this crystal ball. I guess it's really is that you're just so deep in, in the streets of the rookie stuff that you could see where it's going, you know, and and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on this podcast now is that you're doing all these best ball drafts every Monday and you could see where the market is trending to. Um, that's, I think, is one of your super, you know, what is your fantasy football superpower? What do you think makes, what do you think is that makes you, what's your edge as a fantasy analyst? What do you think you do better than the average analyst? I don't know if it's so much do better more so than I just tried to focus on things that have always helped me and I've always kind of stayed on. And some people might look at like the seasonal versus dynasty thing is a little bit different. And I've always looked at every season as itself. So no matter how my team was built in dynasty, I always looked at it as this season ahead. And it was whether it was rebuilding, whether it's focusing on the season, I've kind of treated every league I've ever been in, whether it's best ball seasonal dynasty whatever as one single unit instead of on like a four-year plan if that makes sense so values in my head are different than a lot of people a lot of people might be completely out on a certain guy where i'm like well i mean there's a lot of reasons why you should be it's just like trying to toe the line and kind of like if you think about the everyday life right now there's these two sides of almost everything right whether it's pepsi or coke or whatever you want to say you know uh, non-politically um 
that's kind of how I look at this where it's like, everyone's like, you should do this or you should do this. And I just, I try to stay in the middle, listen to everybody, learn a few things. But I think my focus would be like more on the rookies and kind of trying to understand these guys before they ever step on the field. I would say where most my, my, my best takes and my best thoughts come from. Yeah. And I also think that um, all good fantasy, uh, uh, you know, predictors are okay being wrong. They just try to play the probabilities and then however that, that works out. And, you know, it's gotta be thought and logic. You know I mean? Some people get caught up in the numbers. Other people like to get caught up in their observations, a little sprinkle here, a little sprinkle there. But um, I want to talk to you about some stuff that's going on in the NFL right now, before we get to our main topic and, Specifically, uh, the Bills running backs. This is something that I, I'm having trouble figuring out. Like they're they're all pretty good values right now. I mean, you know, James Cook in in basketball drafts and Devin Singletary. You know, last year there was the run back uh, the the dead zone, which was like the fourth, fifth, sixth round. But the dead zone is now like the dead zone plus one. Like there's good running backs available in like the seventh and eighth round. Which one of these guys? I mean, a couple notes came out today that. James Cook is going to be the third down back and that Devin Singletary is going to still be involved on, you know, in early downs. Like, yeah, this is what we expected, right? So how are you going to draft these guys this year? Ever since the draft happened, we kind of talked about this exact situation with Singletary and Cook, and it was like pretty obvious. It's like, all right, everyone's like, well, do they trust Singletary? They're bringing in James Cook. He's kind of going to be in that third down role. And it was like, duh, knucklehead, Zach Moss is out. It, Zach Moss is the guy that's that's getting cut out of the situation. And Singletary is going to that grinder role. We talked about it early this week. We talked about it the last couple of months. We've talked. I've talked about it on multiple shows. Singletary is getting that role. McDermott said at the end of last season that Singletary was a vocal leader in the locker room. He was the reason. If you look at the stats down the stretch of the season, Singletary twenty plus fantasy points. I think five or six games, including the playoffs. He's going to continue to get that role. And now James Cook, like we've talked about, I think I talked about it with you early on this the spring was James Cook's the best receiving uh, running back in this entire class. So you plug him in. You can be able to use him in the slot. You already seen how Delvin's getting used in the slot in Minnesota. Younger brother, better mm. receiver. It, this is how it's all going to work. They're not going to. They're not going to push three hundred carries on anybody. Buffalo hasn't done that. Singletary's going to get first and second down. Cook's going to get the third down, and this offense is going to continue to be lethal. So, who are you targeting? I mean, you can have either one. I, I right. prefer Cook, but I mean, if you had a ten percent or fifteen percent share of both guys in best ball, I, I would think that's about perfect. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also, remember, Josh Allen is the third running back. I mean, Josh Allen, a conservative projection for him would be probably, what, five touchdowns, four and a half touchdowns, rushing touchdowns? Yes, but as well, like we've seen that over the last few seasons, right? And last year, what he averaged 24 and a half fantasy points per game, which is a point higher than Herbert, a couple points higher than Murray and, and Mahomes. If he regresses down to, say, two touchdowns, you know, he's still going to pay off being yeah. the top quarterback. But I think we need to have that in the back of your mind saying there's a possibility he only gets one or two because there's a possibility that, that they realize, hey, man, we probably shouldn't rush this guy as much as we had in the last few seasons. You're playing with fire doing that, and his arm talent has finally come around to where it wasn't year one, where the rushing was more needed, right? He, they needed to run the ball from – they needed him to run the ball to win games, to get things done. Now you have more talent around you. I don't know if he's going to have to rush as much, nor do I want him to truthfully as a as – a, pure fantasy guy yeah well if you're if you're thinking that his rushing touchdowns are going to regress a little bit i mean he has universally been the one one in dynasty super flex leagues uh yeah. so in dynasty i mean herbert is a reasonable or mahomes still a reasonable one one that's an interesting take right there i mean it happened to dak prescott right he went from being like a six touchdown player to a two so there is precedent for that uh 
Okay, let me see what else I have on this list for you. Oh, okay, J.K. Dobbins. So mm -hmm. I've been lobbying to push him down the rankings. Then a uh, in the at, internally at Rotowire, uh, our Rotowire guys are high on him for good reasons. Good running back, but at, my rationale is you take a thousand rushing yards out of the offense because of Lamar. Let's call it seven hundred fifty yards out, of it. and there you know I know there was some pass catching that last part of that season, but. Now with the news not being great that he's not even going to play in the preseason, where are you going to be on J.K. Dobbins? I know you like the player. Love the player. You know that. The worry I have, obviously, is Gus is going to be back healthy. They brought Mike Davis in, and as you know, as whatever you think about Mike Davis, he can run the ball. He can get opportunities, and in this mm -hmm. Baltimore offense where it doesn't really matter who gets the ball, it's just going to be continually worried about Lamar Jackson. And now he, you know, if Bateman takes that next step forward, there's going to be worry there. You got Mark Andrews. Whoever gets the ball is going to get the yards. We saw that from Gus Edwards, who outrushed J.K. Dobbins two years ago when they were both healthy. My scare, my my worry is that they're, we're never going to see what we want out of Dobbins. You're never going to see that 2,000-yard season at Ohio State. You're never going to see anything near Delvin Cook or McCaffrey because they don't need it, right? right. They can keep Dobbins on the field. They can keep Gus on the field, and they can keep Lamar on the field. Good luck stopping that. If they each have 800 yards rushing, the that's going to win football games. They don't care about fantasy. They care about Dobbins stay on the field, get 800 yards and 10 touchdowns, Lamar, etc. Like, so it, it scares me, right? He shouldn't be a top 10 dynasty running back, to, to be honest with you. And going into this season, no preseason, it's, you're hard-pressed to, to draft him in the top 20. It's just it puts you in a tough spot. Yeah, I tend to agree with that where he ends up going. I, you know, I love players like Zeke Elliott and, you know, we've, we've talked exactly. about I've actually just for the player profiler, uh, world famous draft kit, which you're here to promote today. Uh, the Zeke Elliott video that I put out there, um, it just popped today. So I'm going to be sending that around. Uh, it's in the link in the video description below. Obviously, I think that fantasy players nowadays are smart enough not just to buy one draft kit. So anybody purchasing the Rotowire uh, draft kit for this season should absolutely get a second opinion. You know, you go to a doctor, they give you a, a prognosis. You always go get a second opinion. My second opinion is always over at Player Profiler after I check out the Rotowire one. So, um, all right, let's keep moving on here. I have so many topics to ask you about here. Um, Jared Goff. Sneaky dynasty value. What if they, what if the, everyone likes the lines that have a better than expected season this year? What if Jared Goff gets them like close to the playoffs? Uh, you know, I know everyone loves Minnesota. Aaron Rodgers can never be written off, but what if they sneak in? What if they have an eight or nine win season and don't get in and they don't have a top five pick? Uh, even if they, if, or, or if they do have a top five pick, Jared Goff has at least earned the Andy Dalton career path. He, nobody wants a piece of him in dynasty leagues talk about his redraft value for these like super flex leagues that they're doing on underdog. So do you like him? Do you like the lions offense? I like the lions offense. I don't love it. Um, mm. I'm fading swift more so than I was last year. I'm just not in the trust that with the amount of talent around him now, and this is for golf, right? We're for golf, 27 years old. He was the one one You look at Jameis Winston, 28 years old, one one Both these guys are going to stay in the league. Both these guys are not getting pushed out like a Cam Newton, et cetera. And this is why I love Olave. It's like Jameis Winston's also going to get those opportunities. Same as Goff. Goff's done just enough. Remember, he played in the Super Bowl. He's done just enough with talent around him. Now you put more guys around him, Chark, uh, Jameson Williams, St. Brown, Hawkinson, Swift. Goff is going to be fantastic. He's going to be a great value in seasonal leagues. The question then becomes exactly what you asked, Dynasty. What do you do with Jared Goff and Dynasty? 
And if they win eight, nine games, which we definitely think they can via what's they've included, how much they've improved over the last season. Do I think they make the playoffs? Oh, I think the Podfather thinks they do. I think it's, it's very close. It's tough because of the division. Everyone loves Minnesota and yeah. Aaron Rodgers, man, is is whatever you think. It's like the guy can will it. He he could put a he's a LeBron James. He could put a team exactly. on his back and get the eighth seed no matter who he is, right? I mean it's like exactly. I mean, even if and we've seen this year after year, not year after year, but you know, year in and year out, every once in a while, every once in a while where Rodgers struggles to start the season. And obviously being from Minnesota, I've seen this a lot more. Mm. It's like what one and three, and then he's like, "Hey, everybody, relax. The team's coming together." <laughs> Remember, there's 17 weeks in the season, and then they end up 10 and seven or 11 and six, and they make a run. And that's just kind of how it works with Aaron Rodgers. So he's going to make the playoffs. The Vikings have been a vastly improved team, new coaching staff, everything like that. Some of the most talented players in the league. I think they are going to be a playoff team. It puts Detroit in a tough spot. They have the talent, but I still think they're a year away. But if they do win those eight games, like you said, they're not going to get Bryce Young. They're not going to get CJ Strode. They're going to be more in the Will Levis conversation, the Anthony Richardson conversation. Some people think next year's draft. And are those guys better than Jared Goff is right now or for the next three seasons? I think I think Goff is competent enough with, enough. Talent, with the talent given. He's going to win games. He can make it to the playoffs. We've seen it with the Rams. I, I like the value on Goff right now. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely with you there. And like you said, in these dynasty startups, he's, you know, QB. 30 QB 27. Exactly. Yeah. You can get him ahead of, uh, so you can wait, wait, wait. So, and I, and I like that. I brought that you brought up Jameis Winston. That's a great comparison because one Oh ones and less, I mean, look, even Sam Bradford in his day, man, he lasted, right. He, he got opportunity after opportunity, but you know, the dynasty market. Exactly. It's like those, these three guys right now, it's like Winston, Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones is down there. These first round top five guys that are kind of in these weird spots in their careers out of those four, I think I'd take golf. Yeah, I'm with you right there. And uh, just want to remind everyone that the road to wire uh, fantasy football podcast is brought to you by reality sports online. We thank them for continuing to support the podcast. All right, let's get to um, our, our main subject before we go back into some other news. And, uh, it's funny. You and I interpreted this subject in two different ways. And I like that. So, uh, the, the, I, I titled this uh, the podcast "Wide Receivers Falling Down the Draft Board." And some uh, on some social media platforms, I said, "If you draft these wide receivers, you're an idiot." So I need to retitle it: "If you don't draft these wide receivers, you're an idiot for you," because you saw it and interpreted it as, "Hey, who's falling down and as a value?" I interpreted it as, "Guys, I want no part of." So I like that juxtaposition. Let's go with yours first. So um, we're going to talk a few wide receivers that you think are unjustly losing value and you are happy to scoop them up so who would be the first guy that you think is falling down and that you know what you're just going to take him if nobody else wants him start at the top here it's dk metcalf 120 oh, yeah. plus targets with russ it's dk metcalf i've said this on multiple shows <laughs> it's dk metcalf look at the athlete look at the the human that you're staring at you can get him in round five this guy is going to be littered all over championship rosters in 2021 and 2022 Drew Locke can get the ball down the field, period. Uh, Metcalf was eighth in target share last year, third in deep targets, and first in unrealized air yards. Locke is turning 30. Give Drew Locke a little bit of protection. They have this running game now with Penny and Walker, assuming they're both healthy. Brought in a couple tackles, improved the offensive line. Everybody's writing off Locke and Geno, but they're in a QB battle, and whoever comes out is going to have one big alpha on the outside looking for those targets 
with a guy that can still get it done on the inside, I think Metcalf's still going to pay off definitely at fifth round value. I would be drafting up into the third if I had to, but I'll take him in the fifth for free every time. You know, what's funny is that a, a former colleague of mine, Chris Liss, who worked at Rotowire, was one of the, you know, original five uh, six owners or five owners. He uh, he said that sometimes when you have a, a player like DK Metcalf that profiles like that, like a true alpha, uh, yep. a mistake eraser, someone that can go up and get it, has the wingspan, that you almost want them to play with a, a DGAF, don't give an F quarterback that just throws it up because – then he's, you know, if your quarterback gets in trouble, someone like Drew Locke is always just going to be like, you know what, I'm throwing it to him, and if he gets it, he gets it. So he said a lot of times that specific type wide receiver with that type of talent and Drew Locke type, it's a very good matchup. And you'll get, instead of getting like five or six targets, Drew Locke will throw him two or three, you know, hospital balls, which are really hospital balls for the other team, you know, because yep. DK will shove you out of the way. So uh, I actually like that. And you know what, if they – if they do make a trade for Baker Mayfield, if they do make a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, that's not terrible either, but I, I agree with you. I want Drew Locke to be the quarterback. I think that's a really good one. All right, so DK Metcalf was on my list as well and that he was falling. I mean, it was just an obvious one. I think you gave the perfect take on that. The other one, uh, the other player who now the best ball market is starting to wake up to, and uh, every time that Chris Godman was drafted, I was laughing. I was like, he was going in the fourth round, going in the fifth round. It's maybe, I don't know. It's when a player gets injured that late in the season, you know, I yeah. think it was like week 14, week 15. It's you're not, and you, especially in managed leagues where you have like five or six bench spots, you can't hold a guy like that. Right. I mean, I understand the upside this. We went through this with Michael Thomas last year. They're waking up a little bit. He's falling now to like the seventh, eighth round. I wouldn't take him at all. You're not going to be able to hold him through the bye weeks. Uh, are you with me that Chris Godwin now switching the perspective to my side cannot be drafted in your typical redraft. Forget best ball for a second, just your typical redraft league where you have five or six bench spots. 100%. And you see where he's going off there, 59th overall. And he's coming off an ACL, MCL. Again, look at the offense he's in. Awesome. Congratulations. But Evans, Gage, the running game, the quarterback, everything like that with the injuries. If he doesn't come back and play till week 10, 11, when they don't need him to, that's when the season really turns a tide. They start playing tough competition. And that's when it really matters. Look 17 picks later. You want that situation? DeAndre Hopkins is right there. 17 picks later, but he's not hurt. You, you know, know he's coming back. You know, you know he's, he's coming. You right. know, he's coming back. You know, he's come back into an offense where he's going to be featured and he's going to be healthy. Like, you want to you want to you want to take that risk on take the risk on somebody who you guarantee is going to be back at this date. You guarantee he's going to be held. Like there's just too much too too many things to answer with Godwin. Also, the fact that Mike Evans is there and he's had back to back to back to back to back thousand yard seasons. All this stuff. Again, I love Chris Godwin. We always have loved Chris Godwin, but the situation in 2022 is is a very tough one to bet on in fantasy. And just stay away from it. Just stay away. Yeah, I'm here with Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler. Uh, Cody, what's your what's your current title over there now? You're the uh, you're the director of uh, content. Like, what are you? There's some. Uh, I want to get it right. So, I, I've, one step up, I got I got I got another title change. I guess you could Good. say a couple of months ago. Head of football is my is my new title here at Player oh, Profiler. There it is. So appreciate head it. of football. Head of football. You're the Roger Goodell of <laughs> Player Profiler. Um, I'll take you know, it. I I, you know, I want to interrupt our conversation. I just had some breaking news. This is, by uh -oh. the way, breaking breaking news in my world. This is not breaking okay. news in in your world. So, I just got a, a di I'm a, I'm in a dynasty uh, a, a rookie draft right now. Uh, the guy on the clock, I'm pick two. So he, you know, I'm trying to move from two to one. 
So the, here's the trade that he just sent to me. So I can, so basically I would take Kenneth Walker there. We could debate that if that's good or not, but that's who I'd be taking it to. So I would get Brees Hall and Michael Carter, and he would get Kenneth Walker and my 23 first. Which side of that do you advise? All right, say that again. It's Walker and a 23 first, okay. or Brees Hall and Carter, you know, the Jets running backs. Is this guy's team? It depends on this team's this guy's team's built. Is he built to win now, or is he? We, a, we both have. Um, it's complete lottery, so you could end up if you don't make the playoffs. We just throw all six teams in a hat, and then it's so there's no tanking incentive because mm-hmm. if you don't make the playoffs, it's just a complete lottery. So both of our teams could either be like the you know can, he's got a good team, I've got a team. We just both had bad injury luck, so just call the pick pick six for next year, right? This, this might seem hot, but I would lean Walker. This might yeah. seem hot, but I would lean Walker because first off, Walker I and get, the pick. Walker yeah, and Walker. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Walker and the pick because I get the handcuff piece there. Yeah. You're talking about the Jets' offense. We love Brees. Uh, we hope and we think the Jets' offense can take that next step forward, but there's always that chance that it doesn't. There's always a chance yeah. that Brees is a bust. I think there's a better chance that Walker gets the 200 carries this year and is the Chris Carson, you know, yeah, replacement, and that 2023 pick. I mean, if it's a 2023 pick, it's a top five pick, 100% smash. So, right. Even I'm, if it's I'm, pick nine next year, I'm, you're still happy I'm, to take the Walker side. Yeah. I'm gambling on that side. Yeah. Okay. Good. So I'm glad I didn't make the uh, the trade then. And uh, it picked two in a dynasty rookie draft, not knowing anything else. Would you take Walker or do you, are you on London right now as the, at the number two? If I need a running back, I'm taking Walker. Right. This, I, you yeah. know, and these, and, Anyone who says you should take London, I totally understand that. But the reason yeah. is like try buying a 20-year-old running back in Dynasty Fantasy Football. It Impossible. ain't happening. You can't do it. There's it, even I'm trying to think of like what like you said you don't like DeAndre Swift. It, try you wouldn't even be able to what would you even think about getting rid of DeAndre Swift for? It'd have to be like three firsts, which no exactly. one's gonna pay. And <laughs> you're not gonna do it for two firsts. It's you know, so you're more right, likely but, to trade for a receiver that's three years in that maybe had a bad season. You're like, oh, well. I, I, and these receivers, the lifespans are now becoming 34 years old. So you get 14 years. This is exactly what you're saying. They're like, yeah. take your running back if you can get him, if you can need him. Yep. All right. Now back to our regular ske- scheduled conversation. We were talking about five wide receivers that are falling down the board. You talked about DK Metcalf. That's a great buy right there. Chris Godwin is in a void. That's a landmine. You're an idiot if you draft Chris Godwin in managed leagues at his current ADP. Okay. He's not coming back till Thanksgiving. I don't think until December. All right. Yep. So who's your third running back falling down draft boards? And it sounds like you're going to be targeting these players. This one's very interesting because. Most people will think fade this guy, but a career wide receiver too. Let's face it. Amari Cooper is a career wide receiver too. Mm. He isn't that dude like a DK Metcalf is. Those days and opportunities have passed him by. He had the talent out of Bama, all that stuff, but he's still pushing out a thousand yard seasons year after year. He's been wide receiver 25 or better each of the last four seasons, averaging 14 plus fantasy points per game with Lamb and Gallup. Now he's in Cleveland with David Bell and Joku. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who we like these guys, but they're not quite on that lamb-gallop level. So you have to give Cooper a little bit of a bump there. I'm not worried about the quarterback play. If Watson's starting, awesome. That's going to benefit him. But if it's Brissett, it's kind of the same thing with Drew Locke. Drew Locke's going to get that ball to that main guy. Amari Cooper's that main guy in Cleveland right now. Whether it's six weeks, 12 weeks, a season, two seasons, Brissett will key on Amari Cooper until Watson comes back. He's going off the board right now as wide receiver 30 in round six. So you can get Metcalf in round five, Cooper in round six. He's going off as wide receiver 30, but he has not finished outside the top 25 since 2017 when he was wide receiver 31. So he's going to pay off. 
getting drafted a wide receiver 30. Mari Cooper, it's not pretty, it's not sexy, but it's value. And he's the wide receiver one, and it's not close in this offense. Yeah, and I love that call. I didn't even think of Mari Cooper. That's a great call. He uh he would have been great. He was undervalued when Watson was still, you know, thinking they would come back. And right now, Jacoby Brissett's fine. I mean, you know, he's going to be starting. He's going to be, you know, he's going to throw the ball 500 times this year at minimum, probably like Exactly. closer to 625 you know and you got to think amari cooper is one of these 140 target players if he's healthy you look at the the offense that they run down there they're going to run they're going to focus on chubb they're going to focus on hunt stefanski's offense is awesome but even if they run 40 times a game they're gonna brissette's gonna throw up the ball 25 times play action to amari cooper 10 plus targets a game I mean, feed me all that. Feed when, when all you're worried about is Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones stretching the field, Anthony Schwartz stretching the field, and David Bell doing his stuff on the inside. Amari Cooper is going to get those opportunities, and I think he can still win. So uh, I like the value at Amari Cooper. It's still age 28. He's not 30 yet. Uh, he's in a good spot. Yep. Okay. That's that's a sharp play. I like that one for sure. Uh, for me, Traylon Burks. I, you know what it is? I, I've had uh, some debate with Traylon Burks on, online. I was tested in a rookie draft because you really find out what your real rankings are when you're on the clock. And I was on the clock at 108 in a rookie draft. And Burks fell. And I just, it's not for me. You know, it never was for me. I know. I know. Listen. You couldn't do it? Couldn't do it. I went Jahan Dotson. I know. Listen, everyone. Listen, I, I took fire for three days. I know. I, listen, Ooh, baby. First of all. All right, let me make the case, and then Ooh, I, baby. Here, here's my feeling, is that if you were in on Traylon Burks from the beginning, you're saying, most people, not you, the yeah, Cody, yeah. but are saying, remember what happened with Jamar Chase last year? Nobody yep. wanted him. And yep. if you were not, if you were dubious on Burks, you, this is your excuse to get out, right? So who the hell knows? First of all, I think we can, let's start with what we can agree on. Traylon Burks is not Jamar Chase. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, oh, okay, all right. No, I agree. I agree 100%. All right. He was not the first wide receiver taken in the draft. Jahan Dotson was actually taken before Traylon Burks in the real draft. Okay. Now, I'm not going to argue that Traylon Burks doesn't have a higher upside, but not every pick has to be, let me win you the league. Jahan Dotson, to me, looks like a supercharged Tyler Lockett, and I really like his game. And I think that I could have like a Jarvis Landry, Tyler Lockett type in my lineup for years to come if it pans out now again put to the test again it was a lower it wasn't like a high stakes league i probably would rethink it but like i said i was on the clock and this is what i was feeling uh the early i mean you could see the Nikhil harry bust potential here so all right you're you're in on Traylon burks where you guys have him ranked in the player profile or draft kit for rookies uh, among rookies among rookies he's down to six he okay, was so that's so that's yeah. not out of line with what i'm saying here yeah it, it's it, it, He's down to six. He was in that conversation for wide receiver one. As far as wide receivers go, he's wide receiver four behind uh, London, Olave, and Wilson. Um, I think oh, good. You guys spot. are higher on Olave. I like that because I always thought that he was potential to be the wide receiver one or two. Again, not an upside on bus proof ability. 100. That's, and that's why in the rookie guide on player profile that came out earlier this spring before the, the NFL draft, I had Chris Olave as the number one wide receiver because and I tweeted out the other day was, is, will be number one, Chris Olave. And like you just said, the, the most, if, if I had to bet on one guy to not bust, it's Chris Olave. So um, I, that's why I liked him up there. But Burks be number four again. He's not Jamar Chase. I think he's uh, a little lesser than a guy I just talked about, Amari Cooper. Mm. Not quite the athlete. Best comparable to Jordy Nelson on playerprofiler.com. We like all the things that Burks brings to the table, but 
he's got a lot more questions to answer now than six months ago before yeah. the draft when everyone came out and thought he was the next Jamar Chase. So uh, at eight, golly, that would be tough for me, but I understand the Jahan Dotson situation. If they get a quarterback there, that's going to unleash him. If, if, if Carson Wentz is competent at all, it's going to unleash Jahan Dotson. Yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz and Ryan Tannehill, like, you know, I know one guy everyone thinks is horrible, Carson Wentz, yeah. and, but the shine is off Ryan Tannehill too, man, you know? And yep. in all reports, I mean, listen, it's it's not been a good momentum for Traylon Burks, and that's why he's falling down my draft board right now in redraft specifically. Uh, you know, Dynasty, it's definitely a, a more interesting question, but I'm not taking a guy like that in like the seventh round or sixth round. That's where I'm taking my quarterback in redraft league. That's where I'm taking Jalen Hurts or a, Whoever you're, you know, TJ Hawkinson, I'm not going to spend that pick on Traylon Burks when, you know, the early indications are that Robert Woods and Austin Hooper are going to be the volume wide receivers there. So uh, are we in agreement for at least redraft that his ADP is a little bit rich right now? 100%. I'm not, I'm not taking, I'm not taking Traylon in, in redraft at all. All right. I'm here with Cody Carpentier from Player Profiler. We are talking about five wide receivers that are falling down draft boards along with many other topics. Um, Cody, your next wide receiver. Again, these Cody's looking at this from a different prism than I am. He thinks that these guys are falling down and I'm drafting them. I'm saying on my list, these guys are falling down and don't touch them. So who's your next player? I like the dynamic we have going here because it, yes. it, it leaves a lot of interpretations. Not all mm -hmm. hates, not all favor. So I love that. The next guy on this list. Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. Everyone wants to handcuff their running backs, the Alexander Madisons, the Tony Pollards of the world. But what about the best wide receiver three in the NFL right now? Tyler Boyd mm. in the Cincinnati offense being drafted, wait for it, in round 10. Round 10 at wide receiver 52. Yeah. His finishes the last four seasons, points per game average, wide receiver 20, 27, 36, and 32 on a points-per-game basis, 800-plus yards over those four seasons with 94-plus targets in each of those four seasons. That does not sound like a 10th-round pick to me. No. And we know with the injuries that can happen in the NFL, obviously we're not going to wish cast anything, but even without, he's pushed that wide receiver two territory. And in the Cincinnati offense, I mean, come on. He, he ran the most slot, slot snaps in the NFL last season. I love Tyler Boyd at value round 10. If you hammer those running backs early, you grab a quarterback, tight end, you're like, ah, I need another receiver. Tyler Boyd, you guy. Yeah, that's a really smart one. I think about that. And you also, it's, I know people are interested in Hayden Hurst, but he's not a real threat. He's not like a real tight end, you know, like, uh, yeah, he'll have something. I mean, I, I don't, can't see him doing any better than CJ Uzama did last year. I mean, yeah. in that range. So they don't really have a tight end that commands targets. So Tyler Boyd there, everyone loves Joe Burrow. They're taking both Cincinnati wide receivers in the, in the top 30 picks. It's like, yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. I, I I haven't drafted much Tyler Boyd. See, this is why these conversations are good. All right, we're going to take a quick break right here, not for the YouTube audience, but for the audio audience. We'll be right back talking about more news and notes going on around the NFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. And we're back. I'm here with Cody Carpentier from PlayerProfiler.com. I want everyone to go follow Cody at Carpentier NFL. It's linked in the uh, in the video description below or the podcast description. Probably my favorite follow on Twitter. I have to say, I think you've elevated to the um, the head of not the head of uh, of NFL like you are Player Profiler, but the head of uh, my favorite Twitter follows at this point. <laughs> it's a good it's a good mix of football content, personality, and like I said, you know, you're you're in my judgment always ahead of the field, especially when it comes to rookies. So, all right, a couple other things going on right now. We were talking a little bit about um, uh, the Jahan Dotson and the Washington commanders, but Terry McLaurin gets the new contract. Does this make you more or less interested in him? Uh, wh- where are you going to be on Terry McLaurin for fantasy football? Like he always seems to go a little for, I've always been disappointed when I draft him. He has a couple of big games and kind of disappears in the past. I've had to pay like a, a fringe second, third round pick. Now it's, it's more palatable fifth roundish, fourth roundish Terry McLaurin. That's the painful thing, right? Is you you're paying the price for a, a a number number three, number four receiver overall. You're paying to get a guy like a Lamb. You're paying to get a Diggs, and he just hasn't put those numbers on the field yet. Points per game base 29, 20, 29 over the last three seasons. He just has not taken that next leap up, and that's kind of the price you're paying for a guy that we know is a super athlete. He's now almost twenty seven years old. People are forgetting about that. He's he's, yeah. he's hitting that age apex. Right. They think of him as like a 24-year-old guy getting his new contract. He he came into the league a year and a half older than most rookies, right? That's that's the bad thing, right? Yeah. But you look at 
at Terry McLaurin. And the situation is just kind of the situation. And it's the same thing that goes for DJ Moore. The only difference is DJ Moore is younger, and it looks like that quarterback situation is changing. Now, again, it's the Carson Wentz thing we just talked about a minute ago. It is what it is. We just need the consistency out of Terry McLaurin. We've seen the 30 games. We've seen 35-point games, but then we've also seen the fives and the nines and the sevens, and they just seem like more of those lower-end games are coming than the higher-end games. So that's kind of where we need that 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 change of the change of pace to come from Terry McLaurin and, and kind of I wouldn't say earn the paycheck, but I would say like just kind of take the next step and be that alpha receiver, be that Keenan Allen, be that Stephon Diggs that everyone assumes he is, but quite frankly hasn't played up to that level yet. By the way, those in the chat, feel free to put in the wide receivers that you think are tumbling down the board right now. Uh, we always love to see those. Who's the bigger idiot in your league? Is it the one drafting Tyreek Hill? Or is it the one taking Jalen Waddle? Or is it neither? Are the, of those two wide receivers, Jairi Kill still goes on the two-three turn. Jalen Waddle goes a full round later. I want to hear your Miami wide receiver. And it's always funny to me that both of those wide receivers are just like basically in the Chase Higgins thing where they're getting taken in the top few rounds. But at least Burrow is one of the top seven quarterbacks, top five quarterbacks being taken. Nobody wants anything to do with two in single quarterback leagues. And by the way, bigger, keep talking. I can still hear you. I have to close this door. Keep going because there's good. a sound. The bigger idiot is the guy drafting Tyreek Hill because he doesn't understand the connections already built between Jalen Waddle and Tua. I love Tyreek Hill, but he's going to draw those number one covers. Jalen Waddle, rookie, 10th in targets, 10th in routes run, 7th in receptions, 10th in yards after catch. I'm going to keep going. 5th in target accuracy. You scroll down that player profiler to our new zone versus man metrics. Number 4. In total route wins, this is a big metric that we focus on to elevate the Michael Pittmans of the world. Number seven in route win rate and number six in win rate versus man. Jalen Waddle dominated in every sector of the field. Number 13 target separation, you name it. You can keep going. Player profile top 20 in every, it feels like every metric he has, he's top 20 in. And as good as Tyreek Hill is, Tyreek Hill is not young. Jalen Waddle's 23. I think you keep drafting Jalen Waddle because of the targets, the targets, and the targets are going to keep getting funneled there because of the number one corner being on the number one receiver in Tyreek Hill and the connection between Tua and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, you know what? Tyreek Hill, to me, this season is is giving me a Deshaun Jackson type of vibe where he's a good fantasy player, better for the real NFL team because he opens it up. He'll have big games, but uh, where you're having to take him is, is going to be a nightmare because what happens when... Tyreek Hill, game one goes two for 48. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then then the next game goes three for 60, no touchdown. You're going to be like, it's Tyreek Hill. I still got to start him. And then it's a third game. And then you bench him and then he goes crazy. And then you put him, yeah. you know, so it's going to be a nightmare. Whereas Jalen Waddle, yeah, no, totally. I'm, I'm right there with you. Whereas Jalen Waddle, we, no one expected him to be a low ADOT guy, a, a short pass. They haven't even unlocked that part of his game yet, and we saw it with Tua. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that Jalen Waddle is the better pick. And how about this for a dynasty strategy? Though? I was thinking about this. One of these two Miami receivers is going to have a slow start. We could yep. be wrong about Tyreek Hill. Is that the guy to target in dynasty or even redraft leagues in week three? You know, say, oh, my God, Tyreek Hill's had three bad weeks. Can I trade, uh, you know, Jerry Judy for him or whoever, you know, at that point. Um, I mean, or is it if Tyreek Hill comes out to a slow start, he just want no part of it. That's the thing is I'm trying to get rid of him now. I'm trying to yeah. find the guy that says, 
I think Tyreek Hill is going to blow the doors off because of the situation, blah, 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 blah. He makes up something to tell himself that Tyreek is the best. I'm going to trade him to him now. Then if the season starts out and Tyreek has a big game and Waddle doesn't do anything, then I'm going to trade for Waddle. And that's kind of what we talked about earlier was you get your running backs early in the rookie drafts, you get your receivers later in their career, give them a couple years, even if they have a great rookie season like Waddle. But if he has three bad games, people are going to be like, damn it. It was a it was a fluke last year. Tyreek take over. Go trade for Jalen Waddle. That's going to be the the move. The move is trade Tyreek now. Trade for Waddle in the season. If if that if that scenario happens, one hundred percent. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense right there. I, that's you know it's hard to do. dynasty players as much as we think that we think long term. We're just as susceptible as redraft players to the short yep. term. You know, we always think, oh, it's you know in ten years this player, but it's. It's a very similar thing. All right. A couple more takes I want to talk to you about here. Uh, Kenny Pickett. So when Matt Corral was the consensus 1-1, going way back to December last year in February, I had you on this podcast. You told me it was going to be Kenny Pickett. That has all come to fruition. Kenny Pickett goes first round. Um, early reports are that he's running as the third quarterback. Doesn't scare me so much. It's because Mike Tomlin seems like, you know, old school. There's a traditional. So, Kenny Pickett, how many games do you think? I guess, I mean, how many games are you projecting in the start of a player profiler? And for, you know, Dynasty, like, like give, give me the Kenny Pickett take. What now that you've had some time to absorb it, you know where he's landed, what kind of a career, what kind of a year do you expect that of Kenny Pickett? It's kind of a brutal one. The first thing that came to mind then when he went to Pittsburgh was you went from Big Ben back to Tommy Maddox. Mm. And those guys <laughs> from the early 2000s that remember Pittsburgh Steelers with Tommy Maddox would remember this. And, I was in favor of Kenny being the first quarterback at the board. I think Malik Willis deserved it as well. I think it's between those two guys. Corral, I've always thought, needed a little bit of work. I actually like the Corral landing spot a lot in Carolina. But Kenny Pickett, how many games does he start this year? Maybe four. I put the top the top at like four or five, unless there's an injury to, to Trubisky. Right. I think they're going to roll Trubisky for the entire season unless he does some Nathan Peterman type stuff and throws four or five picks in a game or two. Uh, I think the year with Josh Allen really helped Trubisky take that next level up. I think that's why Mike Tomlin brought him in because I think he wants to continue that that Pittsburgh grit, and I think mm. Trubisky might have built that up in Buffalo. This team's going to be a lot better than anybody thinks. Everyone's like, this is the year that they go under 500. Don't yeah. bet your bottom dollar on that one. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I think their long-term goal is probably to start 2023-2024. None of these quarterbacks are going to play this year very much at all. Maybe Ritter. Because of situation, yeah. maybe Ritter because of situation, maybe, but maybe Corral because of situation Cor again, maybe Corral versus situation. But again, I don't love either of those. I don't love either of these guys getting opportunities in 2022. They just need a little bit more time. And, uh, but Kenny Pickett, maybe four games would be, be my top number. I think on Pickett. I'm not enthusiastic really about any of these quarterbacks right now. Yeah, no, and Matt Corral because they're going to hold that uh, the Panthers, you know, the coach is presumably in a spot where he needs to at least win yeah. seven, eight, nine games to even think about keeping his job. If it's another four win season, forget it. So, they'll, yeah, and if they can't get Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo, or insert veteran here, they'll hold. They'll start Sam Darnold in my judgment, and then they'll hold that chip just when the bottom falling out. Hey, we got you know we, we got to see if this guy's any good. So, and he, yep. he very well might be. So. Uh, you mentioned Marcus Mariota, Desmond Ritter. Um, it sounds like Marcus Mariota. I mean, I always liked Marcus Mariota, and the coach Arthur Smith, of the Atlanta Falcons, was there when you know was had uh, Mariota when he was on the Tennessee Titans. 
who would you think is better for the pass catchers for Kyle Pitts, for Drake London, which quarterback, uh, the rookie Desmond Ritter or Marcus Mariota is better for their fantasy value. I'd go Ritter. I go Ritter because I wouldn't say he has the rushing upside that Mariota does because I think it'd be fooling yourself if you said that, but he does have rushing upside. So it keeps the offense on their toe or the defense on their toes. The talent around him, given what they have, London, Auden Tate, Kyle Pitts, Cordero coming out the backfield, all big, big guys. We saw what Ritter could do at Cincinnati when he was throwing the ball to Alec Pierce. He doesn't have the strongest arm. It's probably one of the weaker arms in this class, but the ability to accurately get the ball there is going to be Desmond Ritter versus Mariota, who we've seen year after year, 50%, 60%, 59%. You know, Being accurate is not exactly his forte. He's had one season in his career over 62%. So I'd be betting more on Ritter uh, from a pass, you know, an accuracy standpoint and somebody that I want to help elevate London, a pits, an odd and Tate. So what differentiates your skills or your edge? Not you, this, the, the, the proverbial fantasy player here, right? Um, in single quarterback leagues, right? It's, I think really it's your strategy on when to take a tight end, and when to take a quarterback in single quarterback leagues. So let's face it, as much as we love Superflex, we're Superflex truthers, yeah. most people still play single quarterback leagues. I'm still in one or two of them. I'm trying to get out of them, but, you know, yeah, it is what it is. So what's your redraft strategy for tight end and for QB this year? Are you shopping the early, shopping the first round, or do you like to play in the middle tier, or are you a load up and try to find the next Dalton Schultz, the next Robert Tunyon type? Start with the tight end. We'll get into quarterback in a minute in single quarterback leagues. Both these guys, I'm waiting. Quarterback and tight end, I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And then I'm going to take Cole Komet one round mm. ahead of ADP because that's my guy. Currently, he's going to the board at 139 ADP. It's after Dawson Knox, after Zach Ertz, after Dallas Goddard. I love Cole Komet. I've screamed this from the mountaintops for the last two, three months. You look at the opportunity, it mirrors what Dalton Schultz did two seasons ago. 90 targets, 60 receptions, 600 yards. The difference, Cole Komet, zero touchdowns. The most targets all time from a tight end to never have a touchdown in a season. Cole Komet. You know, I've, you know, I've heard you famously say that stat before, and I've actually uh, credited you, and I've said it on, on the Sirius show before. I said every time we get into the tight end conversation, I said, friend of the show, Cody Carpenter, <laughs> This is the most amazing to me. That's the stat of the offseason right there, because every year, like everyone's excited to draft Dalton Schultz, the Cowboys tight end this year. He's just the next in the line of guys that had a good season. I'm not saying he can't have another good one, but it was Robert Tunyon. He was the tight end 15 or whoever it is that made it up to tight end three or four based yep. on volume. Cole Komet. Now you're saying he's more athletic. He has those skills. He has some uh, predictive metrics that that indicate it. So I, it makes total sense to me. I, ever since I heard you say that I've been drafting him. And like I said, you can get him as your second tight end in best ball. You don't have to fight the room. I hate the guys you have to fight the room for when the Albert O news broke, like when he became the starter and Russell, well, you had to push people out of the way. I don't like, uh, I'll never do that. It's just not my style right now. No. It's Russell Gage in, in wide receiver yeah. world. Yeah, exactly. Russell Gage, Dalton. So now people are talking about, you know, Dalton Schultz. And I know we drafted Dalton Schultz, I think third or second in the, in the, draft I do like him before. Yeah, I, I do. No, again, I like him, but, you're hammering – I wouldn't hammer that as much uh, at, at value, at price, because you can hit receiver running back in that area. I think that's a, a lot more uh, useful to your to your talents. But you look at Cole Komet, and I'm not going to draw this out because you've heard this one before, but 
Doesn't the, the audience hasn't draw it the, up? The, the targets that are in Chicago that are available. You're talking about Valus Jones. You're talking about Byron Pringle. And however you feel about those guys, those guys are not hundred plus target guys. Cole Komet had 93 targets with Allen Robinson there. Darnell Mooney's still there. However you feel about him, he you know I think he's a better version of a Terry McLaurin, but he's still not a Stephon Diggs. He's not a number one that's going to draw 180 targets. Cole Komet is going to get those opportunities from Justin Fields because this offensive line is going to be collapsing. If they're not running with Montgomery or passing to Mooney, it's Cole Komet. And you're going to see 120, 130 targets from Cole Komet. Going to be that feature. And like I talked about with the touchdowns, none in 93 targets. If this was in reverse, if he had 10 touchdowns, people would be still hammering. It's 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 weird how this stuff works in fantasy. And this is why I like to say I like to ride the pine and read and, and, and see mm. different views. Because if it was reversed, if he was 10 touchdowns on 93 targets, people would be saying, let's go get Coca Man. He's going to be the red zone target. He's going to be the red zone target. He's going to catch them all. There's nobody there. Right. But now that he has no touchdowns, nobody's – it's it's – Zip the lip. Nobody's saying anything about Cole Komet because he didn't score touchdowns. It's like he can't score them. So if he scores six touchdowns, his average goes up three points a game. You're, you're in an entirely different conversation with a guy that was top 10 in a lot of metrics, target rate, target share, snap share, slot rate, routes run, a dot air yard, everything he's top 10 in. And why can't those touchdowns regress? And he jumps into the top six area. And that's what I've been saying all year. I think he's a top six tight end. So I'm I'm in. You've persuaded me on Cole Komet, so hopefully uh, we won't be in too many drafts. And actually, I like playing in drafts. You you'll do our half season draft again, right? This year, yes, sir. You you won it, didn't you? Well, you were in first, and you lost in the playoffs or something. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And what we're talking about is we do a half season draft. We start at week eight, and we do a yep. regular redraft that starts God. at week eight. So the ADP it's, that team was good too. That I know, was, I know I that now. You bet you bounce, you got bounced in round one. It was so bad. Yeah. So it, I mean that happens. That's fantasy football, right? You, you, you're the best team, you're the one seed, and then some scrubby team just gets you. Yeah, because Cooper Cup or whoever has a bad week. So all right, we're talking about single quarterback strategy with tight ends as well. And is Trey Lance gonna start? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. And if you believe that Trey Lance is gonna start. His ADP is like QB 11, which, you know, yeah. why, why isn't it QB 5 if you think he's going to start? So is he going to be the starter this year? I want him to. That's the thing is <laughs> I want sure him either. to. You're not sure. I, I want him to. I want him to be the next Mahomes, Josh Allen, whatever, right? How about can he be the next RG3 or can he be Jalen Hurts? That's all I want. I would take that as well. But the, the question is, and, and I had a guy that told me before Debo held out, he's like, Debo's going to hold out. Debo wants – these two contracts, what he put on the table, he walked out the door, put his phone on mute. The same guy, the same sentence before the holdout came, told me that Debo said Trey Lance is not the answer. He said Trey Lance is not going to be the quarterback. You, you see guys on a lot of different sides of the fence. Some people think Trey Lance is the next Jesus, which is what it is. If he was, I think he was started last year, and some people completely hate Trey Lance, and they, they ride that one season at FCS football, and they say he's not the answer. They're reaching. They're hoping for the next thing. It's... I love Trey Lance, the prospect. I love Trey Lance, the quarterback for fantasy. But am I going to draft him? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm probably going to have little to no shares of Trey Lance because there's too much question mark around the situation. Jimmy Garoppolo has the hand injury. If his hand, if his hand is healthy in the season, he's going to be the quarterback. I don't think that's really a question, to be honest, Interesting. sadly. But if it's not, they're going to force Trey out there and he's going to run the ball. He's going to score you fantasy points similar to what Jalen Hurts did week after week scoring 20 just because of his running upside. So, again, 
There's no answer to that. I didn't, I didn't give you an answer because there's no answer. So it, it's, no, it's you, a very, very, it's one of the, one of the toughest dichotomies I think in fantasy going into the season. Now you actually, you gave an answer and if uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll decode it for everybody is that smart fantasy players are not convinced. And that's why his ADP is because put it this way. If, if uh, Kyle Shanahan came out and says, we're making an announcement. Uh, Trey Lance is our guy. Jimmy Garoppolo is now gone. His ADP goes right up into the top five um, fantasy quarterbacks. You're taking him ahead. Of, I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, but this is what would happen. You're drafting him. Uh, fantasy drafters would take him ahead of uh, Tom Brady. They take him ahead of Stafford. They would take him, uh, you know, right there with Jalen Hurts. They might even take him ahead of Jalen Hurts because it's a shiny yeah. new toy. So yeah. that nobody really believes that, even though we think that we want that. So you actually you. You are an example of what the dynasty, oh, sorry, what the redraft market is thinking. And now it brings us to dynasty. And I'm in the second round in these super flex leagues, and I'm having to choose between Trey Lance and Russell Wilson. That's not a choice for me. That's Russell Wilson. I know it's dynasty. I put out that video recently. I'll link it in the video description below about ageism and how that's a real thing in dynasty. People are allergic to, to players that, that hit, you know, uh, age 28 years old, but where would you be in the second round of a super flex uh, draft between the upside potential of Trey Lance versus an all timer, an all timer in an upgraded situation like Russell Wilson? And this is one we barely touched on before. Was you look at Debo, you look at Kittle, look at Brandon Ayuk. A lot of injuries in that deep, in that offense. Not a lot of uh, talent on the outside, right? You like Ayuk, but he's not on the Cortland Sutton, the the Judy, the all these guys that are in Denver. He doesn't have the bevy of talent around him in San Francisco for the long term. We think Russ can play there for six more years with Sutton, with Tim Patrick, with Dulcich, with Javante Williams, and just that offense, the ability to, you know they're going to throw the ball versus San Fran, you know they want to run the ball. I, I'll, I'll lean Russ with you. It's, again, this is something I talked about early on the show was I play every – you know, every format year to year it's dynasty. But again, I'm not trying to bet on Trey Lance to be good in two years, or even if he's maybe good this year, I want to win this year, next year, and the next year. And Russell Wilson gives me the best opportunity to win the next three years, not in three years. Yeah. We, we referenced this pool, uh, this poll that was put on Twitter every week on this podcast. And I forget who put it out. Uh, Jordan McNamara of uh, football guys brought it to my attention and it said, what is your favorite thing about dynasty fantasy football? And only 37%, which was the leading vote getter, but only 37% said winning like 22% said like trading 16% said accumulating rookie picks or using yeah. rookie picks. Like, not everyone values winning. So in any given year, I, I get this. I just got this question right before we went on this podcast, Cody. Uh, someone said to me, I don't think I can compete this year. I'm thinking about going to rebuild. Every year, you're only competing with about seven teams in your league. So if you don't think you can win, you know, you hear a lot of dynasty advice that says, if you're not in the, the top, you should be in the bottom. I don't believe that. I think you can DFS your way into uh, the playoffs and then what happens. And what I mean by that is look who the DFS guys like in any given week. And there's always a $3,000 receiver that's available. Uh, Amalata Zacchaeus, or, you know, whatever the hell his name is, uh, you know, that you can get and that will get you your, to that championship round. So I'm with you. I want to win now. I play to win now. I don't do it irresponsibly. I try to have a mix, uh, about a 50% win now players, 25% youth, and then 25% speculative on my dynasty roster at any given time. Um, all right, a couple more questions. What do you think in... Um, 
in redraft for 2022, you know, it, like when you talk about underdog, wide receivers go off the board like crazy. They're pushed up. I do not believe in that. I do not subscribe to that because of the nature of the game. Uh, I want to hear, even if it's a dissenting opinion, do you think it's wise that underdog drafters, best ball drafters push up these wide receivers, or do you have a different strategy? I, I, it's it's receiver, right? And it's same thing we just talked about with tight end and quarterback. Those have been pushed down because you're targeting your guy. For me, it's Kokomet, whatever later on, but that forces you to, to smack receiver four or five times in the first eight rounds at least, right? You're going to hit your running backs. You want to leave with a couple of them in the first five rounds. But I think you have to hit on a receiver. You can't not. So focusing in on at least one of the top 10 receivers, I think is a feature. As a whole, being like we need to have eight, nine, 10 of them, I've never been a big fan of that. Mm. But I think to win these big leagues, I think it's very important. Well, I'll tell you why. Is that in best ball, you ne- the worst part of fantasy football managed leagues is having to do start sit, right? Like having to choose, hey, who's going to, who should I start my flex sheet? Should it be Hunter Renfro or should yeah. it be, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks or whoever, you know, it's whoever yeah. those players are. And you don't have to do that in best ball. So I like securing four running backs at the top in the first five rounds that actually have a locked in job, the Saquon Barkley types, the players that there is no doubt that they are the starter. There's no sharing. And then you can get a bunch of volatile wide receivers, the seven, eight, nine wide receivers, because you're never going to have, you'll automatically insert them. Whereas in managed leagues, I think it's completely the opposite. You want those wide receivers who, you know, are going to get the year end stats but even if they have a down week, if Jamar Chase has three down weeks in a row, you're not even thinking about it. You're just starting them, you know? So yep. I, I, nobody agrees with me. The best wall market has spoken. It's wide receiver town. So I, I'm on an island here. I've, I've done decently profitable, but obviously I haven't won the 100K. So I don't have a championship to show for it. All right. Couple, last couple questions for you here. We were talking about wide receivers of Cody Carpentier today. Who are those late round best ball shots that you're taking? I always, you know, I mean, I, in the beginning of best ball season, I was preaching Paris Campbell. Now that seems to have become a trendy pick. So, and for good reasons, but who are the couple of the guys? Cause sometimes it's whoever had Amon Ross St. Brown last year, whoever had Rashad Penny, those are the people that took those 17th round shots and, and won the best ball leagues. Give us two or three guys. I, I, I need to change up what I've been doing in best ball a little bit. Paris Campbell, some more stuff has come out over the last few days. Like you just said, I'm just going to reiterate it because people need to keep drafting Paris Campbell because he's a super athlete as well. He's a, he's a Terry McLaurin esque guy. And I think he's going to be the number two in this offense opening up. Now, Devin Duvernay in Baltimore, same kind of role. He's going to be that stretch guy running the four, three Marquise Brown is gone. Now what? Well, they have a guy just as fast. So his Mm. name's Devin Duvernay. Don't forget about it. They didn't bring anybody else in yet. Can I ask you something about Duvernay? Yeah. Um, Duvernay from the, the little bit I've watched of him, he looks like he could be almost be like a mini or a poor man's Debo Samuel. He's like almost yes. like a running back. So you guys scabbed him a few years ago. So is that what his game is? That's, I mean, he can play everywhere. And that's the thing is it's kind of like the, the Hardman role, the Debo role. These guys can, can play all over the formation and Duvernay 200 pounds, 200 pounds. Um, he, he profiles like that third round pick 24 years old runs a four, three, nine. He can do everything. And I think that's why they, trusted okay we can let brown go and just have bateman and everyone forgets prochet and duvernay are still there and our good friend alex dunlap knows a hell of a lot about duvernay and prochet from down in texas and mm-hmm. i brought this up to him a couple weeks ago when i drafted a team with him and i was like hey let's take duvernay i think it was like around 17 or 18 and he's like oh you ain't gotta convince me and so i feel really good about that when i brought it up to him he's like yes let's do it and 
But I think this is one guy that you really need to focus on. His yards per reception, eight and ten the last few seasons. But I think you're going to see that change a lot um, because they're going to use him in a line of scrimmage. But again, four three nine wheels replacing Marquise Brown down the field. I think you're going to see Devin Duvernay get those opportunities. Okay, last wide receiver question for you, Cody. Before we uh, we tell. By the way, I want everyone to go follow Cody on Twitter at Carpentier NFL, and he's here celebrating the launch of the Player Profiler Draft Kit, which is linked in the video description below. Do you have a code for them? Uh, a discount code if anybody wants to go get that. I don't have one. I do not. Okay. Have one. Well, if you tweet Cody, he will get you one. Right? You'll get them a code yes. if there's one available. If there's not, the then. Yeah, if not, then I have just um, given away some of your draft kit for free, and I apologize for that. Uh, all right. Uh, the Jets wide receivers are a mystery to me, and it's just because in redraft, Elijah Moore goes ahead of of um, of, of the rookie, right? Wilson, and, yeah. yeah, of Garrett Wilson, right? And But in Dynasty, Garrett Wilson is going ahead of Elijah Moore. Explain why this is to me. People are buying the upside of, of Garrett Wilson. They obviously don't think that Elijah Moore fits into that role of being the number one, which I don't think they're wrong. Um, but I, I still prefer Elijah Moore because you're talking about a guy that's going to be in that Crowder role. He's going to get the 120 to 140 targets per season versus Garrett Wilson. You're betting on him being a Deontay Johnson. You're betting on him being mm. a Stefan Diggs. You're betting on that versus just taking the value of what's being there and Elijah Moore. So, let those guys draft Garrett Wilson have Elijah Moore. That's okay. Uh, I'm going to take the dependable asset, and the dependable asset with dog mentality is Elijah Moore. They're both 22 years old. Remember that, 22.2 for Elijah, 22.0 for Garrett Wilson. Elijah's already got a season in the league, so the age really isn't a question. You already saw Elijah put 12 points per game in fantasy up. Just give me the value. 12 picks later, take it. Yeah, the one scary thing is that Elijah Moore's big weeks didn't come with Zach Wilson. They came with like Flacco, and you know, I mean, I, I'm willing to give the mulligan somewhat to Zach Wilson. Uh, we did. I was just in the, one of these drafts. Someone took him in the fourth round, Zach Wilson, uh, in a superflex. I thought that was, t- and then he immediately regretted it. Was trying to get rid of him. His ADP in superflex is usually like the sixth round, and you're kind of like, okay, you, you've loaded up other positions. It was a bad pick, in my judgment. All right, Cody, man, you you did it again. Uh, you're you're a a Rotowire fantasy football podcast favorite, certainly a favorite of mine. Uh, anything else that you want to tell everyone about before I let you get out of here? Just go on over to playerprofiler.com, get that uh, fantasy draft kit entering the season. My good friend Alan Soslowski right here did a video on featuring Zeke. Alan Soslowski, featuring, featuring yeah, yeah. <laughs> video on, on Zeke Elliott. You go over to the world famous draft kit on playerprofiler.com at the top of the page, fantasy draft kit. We also put out Player Profiler Edge, a new betting service mm. on Player Profiler. Go check that out as well. Um, but I really appreciate you having me on, Alan. As always, I appreciate these interactions we have on each other's shows. Uh, after, it feels like, what, three years now we've done this. So uh, other than that, keep drafting Chris Olave, the wide receiver won this rookie class. And I uh, just appreciate you, man. Yeah, no, I mean, you and I, we we definitely connected, um, you know, spiritually. We, we were a good spiritual connection for the moment that we started interacting uh, when I, when I, immediately I was getting bashed for my pick of Trevor Lawrence in the first round. You were the only one. <laughs> but you were the only one that had empathy for me. So that's why I was drawn to you. You were caring. Uh, maybe it was because you took Jamar Jefferson at like three or four overall. So you felt, uh, you know, the, which is fine. Listen. I like that kind of stuff. Maybe that's why we were drawn to each other, you know? So it all started there when we were the two single worst picks in the first round of that draft, right? That's that's it where happens. it all began. <laughs> but I, I remind people when they bring it up, I said, I had the second worst pick in that draft. Cody was the number one worst pick in that draft, so. 
to be to be fair, this was this was in what February. This was yep. this was pre pre NFL draft, pre NFL combine. Right, right, right. <laughs> hey, I still loved it. I still love I know, him. I know. You're the only reason I haven't cut him in a bunch of leagues. I mean, at this point, even in like 25 man rosters, can I can I snip him? Is he is he going to turn out to be anything at this point? Like a sober evaluation, Jamar Jefferson. He was one of your favorite running backs in the class. Ended up going all the way to the seventh round, I think, were undrafted in uh, by the yeah, Lions. Seventh round, like one of the um, last picks. Is he clippable at this point, or still hold on for a little bit? See how it works out. It depends on the on the depth of the league. If you have more than thirty man, thirty man, twenty five man roster. I was going to say thirty is about the cutoff. I was going to say thirty five, yeah. probably twenty five. Yeah, I would. Well, how about this? Would you take um? Would you take Khalil Shakir, the uh, wide receiver on Buffalo, if he was uh, you know, or would you clip? Um, it takes Shakir. Okay, all right. So that's right. I don't love Shakir either. That's well. That's why I asked Shakir, you. But yeah. Right. So uh, and again, I love Jamar, but you still got Jamal, who's a vet. You got no. DeAndre Swift, who's a talent in front of him. It's going to be. I mean, he showed spurt. He had a couple touchdowns last year, but. But they the chance Craig he breaks Reynolds. out or, or exactly. Then Craig yeah. Reynolds comes in Godwin. I can't say his last name. Like, oh, uh, what the hell is that guy? Right. The, the, right. I forget it now. But <laughs> anyways, like he showed that he could play. But the, the problem is there's like a 1% chance that he gets the opportunity to break out. And I don't I just don't see it happening, sadly. All right. We're going to be back every Friday with another Rotowire fantasy football podcast. We're going to be live um, throughout the rest of the season up until kickoff. After that, uh, the, D uh, the DFS guys come over and take over this podcast, but we'll still be doing videos. And every Sunday from one to three for the, we've just, uh, we're, we're doing Sirius XM radio 1 PM to 3 PM. I'll be with Jim Coventry for the rest of the off season. We just got our full time there. The, after when the season starts, they'll probably go to their normal game day lineup. We will see, but we will be every Sunday. If you have Sirius XM, radio come on cody makes regular appearances and hopefully you will appear a couple more times do segments everybody loves when you come on there all right buddy good luck in your fantasy leagues make some good trades and we'll see you next friday with another episode